Welcome to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast, the place to grow and scale profitable practices with your show hosts, Huyen Truong and Steve Tate. I've been questioning myself a lot over the years how to create a more scalable and sellable practice or how to create a business that can thrive without you. This is actually a multi-million dollars question, especially for service-based business. It's definitely a challenge as there's so many moving factors in the puzzle in scaling it. Welcome to OMD TV and Postcat Show, the place to be to grow and scale your practice. Now, we're going to talk about the key factors to make your practice more scalable and sellable. And this is what I've been finding, that many business owners find themselves trapped in an unsellable business. Customers ask to deal with the owner, the owner becomes personally involved in serving the customer, reinforcing the customer's reliance on the owner, and the cycle continues. A business that's reliant on its owner is unsellable. So the owner becomes trapped in the business. I think the goal of building a practice is to make it sellable, even though you don't want to sell or even think about an exit plan in the future. But if you want to build a great business, you need to think about making your practice more scalable. First of all, when building a company that runs successfully without you, it involves thinking of your business as an asset rather than a job. The core idea is to set your business up to be self-managing and attractive to any inquirer. Even if you have no plans to sell, making yourself attractive to an inquirer involves the very same things that you need to create in a self-managing company because in essence they are the same thing acquirers look for businesses that can run without their founder which also happens to be the key ingredient in a self-managing business i read this incredible book called build to sell years ago and it helps transform our business quite significantly and I love this week so much so I recently decided to listen to that again the audio version though and I'd like to share this book with you and the key findings that I found in this book so if you want a copy of this book um, you know message me I send you a free copy now it's time for us to reveal the key five steps of building a valuable sellable business the first step in building a business that can thrive without you is to find a service or product that has the potential to scale. Now, scalable things meet three criteria. One, they are teachable to employees, like our agency's signature seven-step web design process, or they can deliver through technology. Two, They are valuable to your customers or patients, which allows you to avoid cautimization. Three, they are repeatable, meaning customers need to return again and again to buy. You know, think razor blades, but not razors. Of the three criteria for scalable products, the teachable, valuable, and repeatable, I found the single most important factor in driving up the value of our company was ensuring our revenue was repeatable, meaning customers had to repurchase something regularly. 
Now it's time to brainstorm all the products or services that you all are offering today and plot them in a simple diagram with a teachable on one axis and a valuable on the other. Once you have plotted everything you offer on the chart, eliminate services or products that customer needs to buy only once. Often you find that the most teachable services or products are the ones that the customer value the least. Alternately, you find that the products and services your customer value the most are the least teachable. That's normal. Try combining one or more services or products to create the idea offering. Excellent. Now step two is you need to create a positive cash flow cycle. You may notice that as part of the practice running journey, sometimes you've found it hard to make the big strategic changes that you'd like to make happen. In part, because we were simultaneously fretting about having enough money in the bank to pay for our employees. By creating a positive cash flow cycle, you'll have the financial cushion and confidence to make some of the difficult changes required in step three and four. To create a positive cash flow cycle, charge your customer in full or in part for your product or service before you pay for the cost of whatever it is that you provide. For example, when you subscribe to a magazine, you send the magazine company your check and then a few weeks later, you receive the first of the year's worth of magazines. The magazine company gets to use your money along uh, with that of its other subscribers all year to hire writers, editors and photographers to produce the magazine. Charging upfront for your product or service will be possible if you have documented and differentiated your unique offering and that you identify in step one. Depending on your service or products, you may not be able to charge the entire amount in advance, but try to get at least um, pour some portion of your money before delivery. A positive cash flow cycle will also increase the value of your practice. When an inquirer buys your practice, he or she needs to write two checks. One obviously is to you, the owner, but the second check is to your company to fund its working capital. This is the money required for your business to pay its day-to-day -day bills. If your business needs lots of cash, the acquirer will have to set aside money for working capital lessening his or her appetite to write you a big fat check. The inverse is also true. If your company generates excess cash, an inquirer will usually pay more for your business because he or she doesn't have to commit funds to working capital. Now, moving on to step number three, you need to hire a sales team. Once you have created and packaged your offering and started to charge upfront, you need to remove yourself from selling it. If you have others delivering the products or service, you are still the rainmaker. You will not be able to sell your business without a long and risky earnout. As you build your sale or physician liaison team, look for people who first enjoy selling and second, like the product. Avoid hiring salespeople who come from professional service companies. They will likely want to reinvent your product or service for every customer. If at all possible, hire at least two people to do the sales, not just one. For one thing, sales careers typically attract competitive people and a little healthy competition between these employees will work in your favor. 
for the other. Um, an acquirer will want to see that you have a product or service that can be sold by salespeople in general, not just by one superstar salesperson. Indeed. Now, step four is to stop selling everything else. Once you've assembled a great sales team, stop taking in projects that fall outside of the standard offering you identified in step one. It's tempting to accept those sales because they bolster your revenue and cash flow. And if you're charging upfront for your service or product and your salespeople are selling it, then you shouldn't have to worry about cash flow. That leaves added revenue as the reason to accept projects that fall outside of your process. The revenue may feel good at first, but it comes at an unacceptable cost. Your team will lose focus. Customers, they'll realize that you're not serious about your standard process, and they'll see a chink in your armor and start asking for customization of their projects. And to meet this demand, you'll need to hire other people to deliver. I have the opportunity to study hundreds of business owners who have made this transition and most have told that customers who used to ask for custom services respected the change they made to the business model. Uh, many clients actually buy more once the service or product is standardized. Customers are smart. They know that you are overarching your capabilities in accepting assignments that fall outside of your Swiss spot. Stopping yourself from accepting projects outside of your scalable product or service is the toughest part of creating a business that can thrive without you. You will have employees testing your resolve and customers asking for exceptions. And you will second guess yourself on more than one occasion. This is normal. You have to be strong though on this and resist the temptation. There's a point where the wind will start blowing the other way and your customers, employees will finally realize that you're serious about focusing on this one thing. It'll take time, but it will happen. And when it does, you will feel as if the boat has actually shifted and you'll sail a long way <laughs> towards creating a sellable business. Uh, this is some lesson from our own experience. Business owners often believe that to be uh, customer-centric, they have to give customers whatever they want. But by giving customers too much choices can be a detriment, especially if you are trying to build a company that can scale and ultimately sell it. Um, I learned it actually the hard way. So the fifth and final step is to launch a long-term incentive plan for managers. Now, if you'd like to have a business that you could sell, you need to prove to a buyer that you have a management team that can run the business after you're gone. What's more, you need to show that the management team is locked into staying with your company after acquisition. Avoid using equity to retain key management through acquisition as it will unnecessarily complicate the sale process and dilute your holdings. Instead, create a long-term incentive plan for your key managers. Each year, take an amount equivalent to their annual bonus and put it aside in a long-term incentive account earmarked for each manager that you want to retain. Allow the manager to withdraw one-third of the account balance each year after a three-year period. 
That way, a good manager must walk away from a significant amount of money should he or she decide to leave your company. Now, you also may uh, want to choose to top up the balance in a long-term incentive plan with a one-time special bonus in the event of the sale of your business. That way, your key managers will have an increased incentive to have you sell your business and stay with your practice after the sale to get their share of the proceeds. The previous five steps provide a roadmap for creating a business that can thrive without you. I also included my personal observation and experience learned from applying the process in our business. Before you start this process, please engage with a good accountant experienced in helping business owners with the succession planning. Do not wait until you have an offer to see an accountant. Timing is critical. Now, if you want to scale up and automate your lead generation process for your key procedure, I'd suggest that you create an automated webinar sales funnel and use it as the lead magnet for your one key procedure. Now, since your patients can't really attend in-person seminars or events that you might be hosting, or even thinking about keeping in touch with your referring doctors, a webinar is a great way to go. It can be used as a valuable lead magnet on your website that allows your patients and prospects to learn more about you and your expertise and answer a lot of frequently asked questions that they have about your key procedure. And this will help save your time from repeating again and again the same information. This is also to separate yourself from your competitors by doing something a little different and help connect with your prospects via visual media. Now, if you want to learn how to set up an automated webinar that can be used to generate new patients and referral on autopilot, I recommend that you check out our online course called Automated Webinar Sales Funnels. This is to automate your marketing to leverage your time and scale your practice. This course contains six key modules for establishing your own effective webinar marketing system, including Module 1, nailing your webinar presentation content. Module 2, maximizing the pre-webinar experience. Module 3, the post-webinar follow-up. Module 4, how to nail your webinar setup. Module 5, webinar promotion. And Module 6, reviewing webinar performance. Now, this isn't just an information training video series, as we will also be providing you incredible bonus material that will make setting up your own webinar marketing system very easy. Now, these bonuses include two effective webinar registration landing page templates, a conversion-driven webinar replay special offer and thank you web page template. Two well-designed webinar slide deck templates. Ten irresistible webinar topics that are sure to boost signups and inquiries. A customized onboarding email template sequence. A follow-up sequence idea generator guide. A follow-up email sequence template. Webinar live chat templates and much, much more. Our training course even contains an informational tech library that will help you through the technical setting up process with our easy to follow videos that you or your staff can follow with ease. And 
If you still have any questions, our technical support team is available seven days a week to help you with any problems, from the course lessons to your webinar system setup. There you have it, the indispensable tool for you to connect and attract new patients to your practice and position you as the expert in your chosen field. I leave the link to this online course in the show notes below so you can sign up. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope to see you in our online course very soon. Thank you for listening to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast with Hu Yen Truong and Steve Tate. Be sure to check out the archive section on our website for previous episodes at onlinemarketingfordoctors.com slash podcast. And subscribe to the show so we can catch you at the next episode.